Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hope you enjoyed the spare pants. Probably did, didn't you, you weirdo? <laughs> Imagine that would be like such a good episode of MacGyver. (laughs) (laughs) I still put perfume on and I don't even know why I would do that in person for you guys. You don't want a really tall man called Stumpy. (laughs) I just poured myself another drink for that. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined this week by the fantastic Christina Martin, former comedian, writer and the only female paid contributor to Viz magazine. Hooray! Yay! Hello. Hi, Christina. Hello. I don't know why I said that like that. <laughs> A bit creepy. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've had so much Bailey. <laughs> Too it. much. Too no. much. And so, Christine, you don't normally really drink, do you? No, I'm. I've got a tiny stomach as well. So, 
this is bad and I haven't really had any dinner I've, I've really pushed my dinner around the plate and threw it away because it was rank so I've, I've just got Baileys in my tummy oh wow and it's salted caramel Baileys though because oh. everything's salted caramel now isn't it it is name me something that isn't you can't <laughs> Like, I'm starting to worry that we might be a bad influence, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm ruined. Are we the ones that no one wants their kids to play? Not their kids, but their kids. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Kids don't play anyway. Kids don't play with know, us, man. You know someone doesn't really drink much when they still have Baileys left. I know. <laughs> I've got Baileys in August, man, and it's, yeah, it it's not good. It is not a summer drink. I was going to point No, that it's out, sticking hey. to my throat. It's like in my, it's on my tongue. It's in my throat. I can't breathe properly. But it, also, it's especially not a, a summer heat wave drink. No, heat wave. <laughs> and I'm wearing a jumper. I don't know why I'm wearing a jumper, but I just went in my closet, got a jumper. And uh, now I'm drinking Baileys. I think I, maybe it's Christmas in my mind. Yeah. I mean, we've basically, the whole year is cancelled. So we're sort of just on the countdown yeah. to Christmas now. Anyway, I'm just going we? to Christmas, straight to Christmas. <laughs> get this done. This year gone. <laughs> right. Awesome. So, Christina, I have to ask you, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. I have been a <gasps> Tell us. Oh, I continue to be unappreciated in my own lifetime. <laughs> it just never stops. No, 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 no. No, no, it's not true. Everyone loves me. Um, I have been a victim of a legal crime. Um, I have to give you a little bit of context just because it okay. shows how extra, extra annoying it was. Okay. It would have been annoying enough, but I had this have this car it's cursed it's currently got a big bump in the dent in in the back of it because um someone ran into it and i haven't even bothered fixing it because this car is so cursed i'm gonna let someone else have a free hit on that bumper before i change it Um, (laughs) this this old lady ran a stop sign at 40 miles an hour and smashed into my driver's door and did so much damage that it took three months to fix it so after three months of having a rental car i got my car back and i drove it to London and I went to a party and I parked it in a, a very posh hotel's basement so I thought it'd be safe because it's got like Porsches, Maseratis yeah. and it wasn't safe. It, I came back to my car yeah. and when I'd left the car, you know when you're paranoid, look behind you at your car and you're walking away from it as though that's going to do anything about locking it more or securing it further. I looked at it. I gave it a good stare. You stay there. You don't get stolen. And... Um, there was a there was a light shining through the car because I parked it under a light deliberately so no no one's sneaking yeah. around with, you know, uh, but the light was no longer shining through my car. The light was blocked by what I found out is called the parcel shelf, the bit at the back of your car. It's called the parcel oh. shelf above the boot. I had to look that up to describe this anecdote to people. Yeah. Um, so it had been shoved up by the person who smashed the back of my car in oh. to rob me. Oh. The whole front of my car had just been taken three months to fix. Now the back of my car <gasps> smashed in. Oh. Yeah, and all they got was like my overnight bag with my used knickers, my change of socks, my <laughs> toothbrush and my hairbrush. But, you know, good for them. Oh, yeah, so that was my crime. And the car park attendant wasn't there when I arrived, wasn't evidently there when it happened <laughs> and wasn't there when I got back. So I think they need a new fucking job title. Yeah. This car park attendant does not cover what they do. They're a car park absentee. Yes. Oh, anyway. Yeah. All right, I can solve this. It was the Maserati owner just putting my It was. There. She's just lurking. Like, he oh, that's so knickers. Shit. Waiting for a Nissan Micra to pull up. 
I look rich. <laughs> I've got some happen... goods. Did it happen to um, to any of the other cars? Or just... No, I was furious. It was yeah. just me. I this don't know why I deserve thing. that more. Because, I mean, it sounds like your car looks a little bit more vulnerable. I'm just going to throw yeah. it out there. Like, people, yeah. don't, people don't break into Maseratis and, well, Range Rovers sometimes, but rarely. They're worried about that Batman shield coming down over the top of it, aren't they, the Maseratis? <laughs> well, they just, yeah, they definitely have an alarm and it's a bigger risk. So, yeah, they yeah. go for the low-hanging fruit, which is a My helpless drink. car. <laughs> but then, you know, what's the point in like, what are you going to get from a car? Maybe it's just a robber with like really low self-esteem. Yeah, it's like he, when he I couldn't bring a... himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when I was younger and I went into a bar, I'd see like a like fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson at the bar, and then I'd see like a, sort of another <laughs> dude, and I, I wouldn't go to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'd go like, oh, let's go to the um, yeah, that guy. Yeah, let's go to Christina's car. I like basically. this analogy. That's very good, Hannah. You would go and chat up the dweeb. Yeah. And would but you, don't tell uh... my fiancé I've said this. This sounds awful for him. What? Hannah. Did you like, uh, did yeah, you like lift, did you like lifting up their parcel shelf or... Uh... <laughs> you know Such a great term, parcel shelf. Oh, I'm it? so glad it happened to you just so I could learn that because, my God, I know. what a phrase. I feel like I've gained that much, you know? That knowledge. It's like mm. it dates back from when cars were just used to collect parcels. But that yes. is absolutely only a lovely British term. Like I'm like, I guarantee in the US it's called like a thing rack. It's called a gun <laughs> shelf. A gun rack. Where I put gun my shit. <laughs> I don't even have a parcel, let alone many parcels, which would necessitate an entire rack. It only made sense in my head, but it was it was good. We always ask our guests, what would you if you had the perp, what would you like they're in custody, yep. like they can't. I've gotten cornered. They're cornered, yep, yep. you can do anything you want. What would you say or do to them? I would say your disappointment is my only comfort, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the spare pants. <laughs> Probably did, didn't you, you weirdo? <laughs> but then I would forgive them. You know what happened, right? Afterwards, I was driving home with no back window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the wind in my hair. Like like <laughs> pretending I was in a like uh, you know, a top down car. And I was trying to be really philosophical. I was going, Oh, you know, to be honest, you know, their life's probably terrible and I'm really lucky because you know, I've got a house and I've got a job and I've got, yeah. you know, a nice life and I was trying to be really philosophical. Yeah. And then when the guy who fixed my windscreen broke it again because he ripped off the spoiler by accident by trying oh. to fix it. Um <laughs> when it was all fixed twice the second time, I shut the boot <laughs> and a tiny bit of the spoiler fell off. And you know that episode of Frasier where Niles says, oh, there's no straws. Oh, and has a nervous breakdown because there's no straws and it's the final straw. The tiny bit of spoiler that fell off, I just started bawling my eyes out on my front lawn going, oh, it's so unfair. I didn't deserve that. And I think I shouldn't have been philosophical. It's not the time and place to be yes. philosophical when you've been robbed. You just need to go, oh, fuck you. Okay, yeah. And then you, move on, you, you know? You didn't grieve properly or go through the I emotions. Didn't. You sort of I didn't. deny or yeah. tried to pretend you were zen, but actually... I tried to be, yeah, too philosophical, you, too... You didn't, too you didn't go through the, the the seven stages of grief of your car being broken. <laughs> I skipped them, you know. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. You shouldn't do that. And to be fair, you probably had a really nice drive back with the wind. Oh, I felt like I was in an <laughs> '80s movie. It was great. <laughs> Should have played some sort of something from Top Gear or something. Top Gear, Top Gun. Yeah. Same thing. Some vehicles, kind of like planes, men. Eye of the Tiger. Whatever. Yes, Eye of the Tiger. No, 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 
Yes, I am the tiger. I think so. Guys, let's just conflate every very masculine (laughs) reference we can. Men. (laughs) Football. (laughs) I don't know. What do they do? They do football and uh, cars. Let's go play boxing ball. talk about women I'm I'm, I'm wearing like my gentle bra that doesn't hurt my boobs and I just laughed and I had to hold them so they didn't wobble too much oh there you go so by gentle you mean ineffective yes (laughs) but I don't have a line on my skin ah this is it it's worth it I know I know what you're saying Mm. I've got similar going on Yeah. Oh, it's all coming out. I'm wondering why I am. Why do I wear bras to record these? This makes no <laughs> sense. I just I think it's because it feels like going out. It <laughs> yeah. does. I still put perfume on, and I don't even know why I would do that in person for you guys, but I do it for these fucking remote recordings. I, like, I hey. feel like I can smell you a bit. Thank you. Know, you. My now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Now, I'm going to tell you about a case where you could argue that the real crime of this case is inequality, but you would still have to admit that it involves theft and some daring prison escapes. Okay. Um, Also some light gang warfare, but we will get to that. (laughs) So, now, this is the first piece of information that I'm going to give you guys. A man is sent to prison for stealing two silver spoons, a roll of cloth, and seven pounds in cash. Question. 2020. What... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what year is this? I know this guy. I know this guy. Yeah, that's my bloody name. This happened last week. Bring my cloth back, Derek. <laughs> this man has stolen spoons, a roll of cloth, seven pounds. Taylor's guessing that this, the year is 2020. No, it's the great parcel theft of 1864. <laughs> Okay, we have 1864. So Taylor's got two guesses. I mean, one of them was a joke, but we'll see. Uh, was it? When was um, <laughs> Les Miserables? Because this has got a sort of Les Miserables vibe to it. The okay. whole thing of like, because he stole like candlesticks and like a, ah. a plate or something. Um, so, but I don't know when Les Mis was, but it was during the French Revolution. The French Revolution. 1700s-ish. Yeah, it was just, 1700s-ish. Well, no, it was just after the American Revolution, wasn't it? 17... Oh, no, well, yes. so the American Revolution was 1776-ish? And, and before, and preceding. Oh, I'm going to say 1700-ish. Actually, it, was, it was ongoing. Okay, so <laughs> you're saying 1700. Christina Martin? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to just stick a pin in the air and go 1972. <laughs> okay. Anything's possible. Okay. Well, in that case, Hannah George is the closest. Of course she bloody is. The year is 1724. Nice wow. job. I had a seven in my year. Let's just remember that. <laughs> and that counts. That totally counts. It does. That's a point. That's point. <laughs> this is an era where people died all the time. And that's a bit of a feature of this story that I'm going to tell you. I, I, I want to say modern audiences would be shocked, but I don't think that nah. we would. So... Now, this guy, he's not just in prison. He's been sentenced to the gallows. I didn't want to say that straight away because I didn't want to throw off the year guessing. That would have maybe changed my answer. (laughs) 2020, but in maybe not. states of America. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, actually. Depends. Um, So this man's name is Jack Shepard, and he became famous for his daring prison escapes. So question, I want you guys to try and guess what his ironic nickname was. Stay in Jack. Nice. Okay. Yeah. The ironic one. Yeah. So he's famous for his daring prison escapes and his nick. His name is Jack Shepard and his nickname Jack, is ironic. Jack doesn't steal stuff, Shepard. 
<laughs> Ironic. That's good. That's good. Hannah Jack. Boring Jack. Boring Jack. <laughs> you know what? None none of you quite got it. His nickname Jack was... of No Trades. Ooh. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's nice. So his nicknames were Honest Jack. Oh, I see yeah, what he's you done. see what they did there? I see what he's done. His most popular one was Honest Jack. His other nicknames were Gentleman Jack or Jack the Lad. Oh, I've heard Gentleman Jack. And we've but heard Jack... about the Lad, right? That's a... I don't... I'm not sure if that's how they invented Jack the Lad. Wouldn't or... that be something? He's a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a cockney geezer. He's a bit of fun. Guys, this case is so fun that one of my sources was in Comic Sans. Um, Whoa! Right. Oh, wow! This got serious very quickly. <laughs> very, very fun. But also, a lot of people die, so it's a real, real juxtaposition in this case. Well, that's quite funny too. Sometimes it can, it can be. <laughs> it can be if they die in a funny way. <laughs> can be. Um, so, uh, Jack Shepard, Cockney uh, geezer, honest Jack. He's in um, prison now. He tries to escape, and he does so with a little help from his friends. Question, who were his friends? Gang. Nice guess. Nice guess. Any, uh, any... Just because you guess? said gang. I did, and we will get to that. It might be them, it might not be. Any other guesses? Everyone knows a Dave. <laughs> Dave involved in this. <laughs> Christina's guess is Dave. There's at least two Daves in everyone's life. It is. There's a lot um, of Dave. It's true. It's true. There's a lot of Dave. If he was, um, as you're saying, he's a, he's a Cockney. So are we saying this is London? Yes, we are. Okay, so this is London. It's in the 70th century. I think it's just like people having an East End booze up. They're having a little knees up yeah. and they're on the old piano <laughs> and then suddenly they've got, they're like, do you know what? Let's break someone out of prison, which I imagine those nights maybe turn yeah. into. Mother Brown? What? Is that she a thing? You know Mother Brown? They're always singing about her. Oh. Knees up, Mother Brown. Is that right? Is she a real person or just a figure of speech? That is a question for Google when I am yeah. sober. Afterwards. <laughs> Later. Um, now. But no, do you know what? You guys, you're not a million miles away. These friends of his were prostitutes. Oh, like Jesus. Nice. Uh, yes. He was friends with a couple of 18th century sex workers and they were called Polly and Bess. Um, so they were from one of the taverns that Jack frequented, which is not a million miles away from the old sing-song, knees-up Mother Browns motif that we're conjuring up here. We've gone from, like, Les Miserables. For anybody listening that's into musicals, <laughs> we've gone from Les Miserables to Oliver. That's yeah. where we are ah. now. It's Bess's Nancy, basically. Just because <laughs> I've lived here, I learn something every day. Is that how you say frequented here? Do you say frequented? Frequented, I, mean, I say. Do I, you? Yeah, I say frequented. I did say frequented. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How have I never known this? How do wow. you say it? Frequented. Now I can't oh. even say it. Frequented. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's obviously... valid. Everything's valid. Everything's Don't valid. Worry. Yeah. You're obviously not safe frequenting space. many libraries. Uh, <laughs> oh! No. My car's got two stuff shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I just poured myself another drink for that. <laughs> Ooh, salted caramel coming at you. I just love that Hannah just used library as a disc when she says she reads one book a year. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, no I forgot not this. in the library all the time like me. No, she buys them. She buys them, man. She yeah, goes she online buys and those purchases she reads. them. Yeah, she's right. borrowing them like a scum. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Are you, me, please. Are you drinking please. the Baileys on ice at least? No, this is the worst thing. Wow. I didn't make any ice cubes. Oh, boy. I'm just... My mouth feels like the desert. <laughs> 
maybe have a drink of water just next to you as well, Christina. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think um, you need an edge of danger, don't you, with this? Yeah, no, it's true, it's true. So... <laughs> These prostitutes were from one of the taverns that Jack frequented. They came to visit him at Newgate Prison um, and they brought him something. Question, what did they bring him? Ooh. They're helping him break out of prison. Yeah. Uh, was it a musical number? I will come... <laughs> that's Hannah's guess, OK? To distract it's, the guards. Any, I mean, not bad, not bad. No any advance pleasures. on musical number? We're Polly and Bess. We're Polly and Bess. If you want a prostitute, we are the best. Just come <laughs> to the Salted Caramel Tavern. Oh. <laughs> See our parcel shelves in the back. <laughs> Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean that would have worked. I think Hannah and I are in total agreement on what okay. they brought. Christina, any advance on a bizarre musical number? I mean, I'm just I'm going straight to the cliched file in a cake. But yes, you know. okay, nice. Christina, I'm giving it to you. They brought oh, him a long dress <laughs> and a, oh. a cloak and a saw. Okay. Yes, 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 That's yes. a huge cake, isn't it? What? Like, how did get that to him? Or as I like you... to call it, the start to a great date. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the, his breakout of prison plan is? He's got. A... Is it a musical? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like a dog with a bone with her. Like like, that clock. Oh, you saw in your cloak, <laughs> or are you just I'm... happy to escape? Oh. <laughs> Well, I guess the saw has got to be for the bars on the window, right? Yeah. Unless and then the you cloak misunderstood has... it and started making something. <laughs> it's a, so it's a saw. Shop. Yeah, it's he was a... in shop. <laughs> I love it. He just wanted to have his own saw. I've made a spice rack. <laughs> <laughs> now what? <laughs> what if we put some salt in the caraba? No! We're not no, ready for that. Now! No, this, imagine that would be like such a good episode of MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys. Yeah, you um, as well. He did a prison break dressed as a woman. Good for him. <gasps> okay. Of the dress. Yeah, so we've got some Pirates of the Caribbean style capers now. So Jack sawed through one of the spikes on top of his cell doors to make a bigger hole from which to squeeze through. Pos Bess and Polly diverted the guards' attention from this noise and they did this by staging a loud and flirtatious conversation with Jack. Which is nearly... That sounds like a fucking musical, man. It's a man. bit very close, actually. I'm going to give you I guys a point you should give well. a point for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank that you. Okay, you're on, you're on the right tracks. So, so loudly yeah. flirtatious women around a men's prison, like, doesn't raise suspicion, huh? Like, <laughs> like that's fine. I guess. I, I mean, it. it's like, what I is it? it? It's probably 1739 or something by now. I guess they think that working class people can do what they like in prison i maybe they're free in a way that the victorians and us are just not <laughs> i don't know there wasn't as much admin then less admin yeah Ooh. i think who has the time everyone's gonna die at 20 let's just crack on and have a sing song in a prison yeah it's so great <laughs> well i just wondered if they were allowed to, yeah i don't know i'm reading into it too much well they're allowed on. visitors they're allowed visitors right so jack changed into the lady's clothes he put the cloak over the top the hood covered it, he climbed over the door. The guards were distracted, he made his escape from the prison disguised as Polly and he walked past the guards and to freedom. And the real Polly actually sort of hid for a bit in the prison oh. and then made, made her escape oh. sometime later. So, <laughs> when he walked past the guard, like dressed as Polly, yeah. didn't he just sort of like go, hello? 
think he just kept his head and just walked. See you next time. He must have had a bonnet or something because he's yeah. four o'clock, whatever it is, shadow. Well, he had a hood. He covered himself with a hood. There was probably modesty rules. It probably all checked out. Oh, mm. yes. Mm. Worked in their favour. Very nice. Yeah, being coquettish behind a fan worked out for him. Now, this is not Jack's first prison break, but is it his last? Question. Did he get away? Yes. Yes. Everybody saying yes? No. I want it. I want it to be yes. Okay, I want Taylor's it to be saying yes. no. You guys are saying yes. No, I feel I like he caught the dress on a snag and it all Ooh. came off, and then it was <laughs> naked. <laughs> now there's your cartoon. He's like, I'm still Polly. <laughs> Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> I get a silent credits. <laughs> yeah. Like black and white Mickey Mouse in the background. Yeah, grayed out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, excellent guesses. I will tell you the answer after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm literally doing this joke. Everyone hates this joke. Yeah, we oh get my really. God. <laughs> I yeah, but the more you rage. do it, the more they'll get. Yeah, they'll love you know it in what? the end. I they'll thought love it that too, end. Christina. But they look really pissed off. No. No, keep working. Keep working with it. Keep pushing it. Stay with it. Don't I... just stun your grun, as Limmy would say. Yeah. Stun your grun. Stun yeah. your grun. Yeah, I get like physically angry when you do it. It's amazing. <laughs> So you've got to work with that. That kind of anger can turn into absolute bliss. Good. <laughs> All right, you guys. Absolute I won't. I won't. Bliss. I won't do the joke anymore. Oh my oh, god. Please keep it. You know, you'll get funnier. It will. The more we'll the audacity. See. We'll see. All right. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you a bit more about. Jack Shepard, and I'm going to tell you if he escaped this time. So he was born in London in 1702 to a poor family, which in those days meant harsh poverty, uncertainty, and a lot of death, which is so different than how we live today. <laughs> We're getting back there. We're getting working back towards it. We fucking it. are, aren't we? <laughs> we will um, get there. We will. Yeah, yeah, come on, Tories. Make it happen. <laughs> come on. So he was actually baptised the day after he was born, which suggests a high fear of infant mortality. Um, and spoilers, a lot of people die. Some of his brothers and sisters die his dad a carpenter dies and his mum can't support the remaining family so jack gets sent to a workhouse school aged six from oliver there, very oliver a bit actually yeah. um, but like a hundred years before oliver but he oh, was god oliver but worse oliver god, but even Jeez. less regressive like, oliver likelihood of surviving <laughs> oliver um, but with less privilege fucking hell even worse. he was then sent to be a paris apprentice to a cane chair maker what do you think happens to his new master the chair guy yeah he's like Gets to... best chair in the world award and leaves for america okay any advance on best chair award is he murdered closer he dies. dies anyway. He just dies. dies. You guys, yeah, he just, just dies. dies. Like everyone. Everybody yeah. dies. He dies. What happens next will amaze you. He died. It won't <laughs> amaze you. They all die. So this just keeps happening. Uh, this is so much sadder than best chair award. Can you just keep <laughs> keep up with the best chair award thing and I mean, go that actually, way? The comparison now with best chair award is a slightly hard. Oh, I've made it really sad. <laughs> I just pictured Katie playing back recordings of herself to her kids as like bedtime stories. He died. They all. Die. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few pages. Just be like, oh, you're not even listening, Skip. They died. Um, right. So, finally, when Shepard was 10, he gets to be a shop boy for a wool draper where his mum was also working, which is nice. That guy that gave him that job teaches Jack Shepard to read and write and he helps him get apprenticed to a carpenter in Covent Garden. Now, basically, people like Jack only had one legal way out of poverty and that was to become an apprentice and learn a trade. But there was a drawback to that. So question, what was the drawback of being an apprentice? 
I'm ready for you Alan to deal Sugar with, Coke. You had to deal with Alan Sugar. Yeah, yeah go on. Let's just say it. Let's get it done. Get it, get get it out. out. Get, get it finished. <laughs> Move on to the next thing. Um, uh, I, I know the answer to this one, um, and I'm going to tell you after these messages. Oh! You're just giving her what she wants. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Is it something to do with the fact that if you're an apprentice, you're not actually paid very well? It's a bit like internships mm -hmm. maybe these days, yeah. whereby they go to the, the very rich kids who can afford to come to London for six for months five work for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So is it something to do with actually uh, it, it's difficult if you can't support yourself for a bit? Or? Yeah, so it's you're not paid properly. That's a, yes. That is definitely a part that of it. That still happens, answer. by the way, believe me, because yeah, yeah. I've trained a few. <laughs> oh, oh god yeah yeah you're complicit no, i am not. complicit but i've given them so much website experience they'll they'll absolutely thrive no so yeah you guys are right that it's not that they had to put up with alan sugar puns do you, know, <laughs> do you want me to shall i just quickly do an alan sugar pun for the fun please do okay fair asked, though this is the best one i could find Fair. We're just going to keep saying fair. fair. The only fair you're going to get is your bloody train fare home. Thank you. Uh, it's he's like the he's king the of room. the terrible pun, isn't he? He's awful. He, I mean, like, so basically, apprentices, they received only their keep and they were locked up at night and compelled to live by strict rules. They were legally tied in for many years, um, at an average of seven and um so it's like getting married except there's an out clause yes. yeah. <laughs> less expensive to leave yeah yeah you get like just enough money but apprentice boys had a reputation for being hooligans because they inevitably so often resorted to a life of theft and other crimes to try and supplement their incomes Ah, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Not their fault, though, man. The system, it's not, isn't it? It's the system. It? It's totally the system. My apprentices didn't do that. They just learned HTML coding. <laughs> <laughs> 
different tie when you have more than one? Is it? Different tie. Apprentice I don't know. My teeth feel weird from this Bailey's. It's too much. They feel weird. Anyway, carry on. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Bailey's. Thank you, Bailey's. For coating Christina's teeth. For making my teeth feel a bit weird, like they might fall out. Bailey's, we wouldn't have thought you'd be good in a heat wave, and yet here we are. Here we are. Could you imagine if if somebody from Bailey's heard this, thinking that the advertising department decided this was a good idea? Bill, be like some sack the apprentice. Someone's getting in trouble. (laughs) Heads will roll. The only fare they'll get is their train fare home. But um, Um, or they'll be like, "This is great. They're drinking it in the summer. This is the market we've been trying to crack." They've shown it's possible. It is possible to neck it in the summer without throwing up. Summer market. (laughs) Just. Not yet, anyway. Do your teeth feel really, really nice and healthy? (laughs) You don't want that. (laughs) that. Um, Jack Shepard signed his seven-year indenture. He signed his what now? Um, Indenture. (laughs) It feels like a teeth operation, but anyway, in 1717. And he's doing this in Drury Lane in Covent Garden. Now, he started well and he worked hard at his apprenticeship for the first five years. Oh, by the way, if this podcast has taught us anything, it's that history loves to objectify women's looks. But this guy gets a description. Would you guys Ooh. like to guess if he is a, a salt? I bet he's a fucking salt, isn't he? I think he's stumpy. Stumpy? I'm just going to put it out there. Stumpy okay. Jack. Not ironic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got if by stumpy you mean short, you're Yeah, correct. very small. Yeah, because okay. everyone was tall. small then, wasn't they? Everyone <laughs> was always million. small. <laughs> if, if you go to a historical house, you have to stoop, even me, and I'm five foot nothing. <laughs> you don't want a really tall man called stumpy. Like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> be like little John. This source material said he was a small man, only five foot four and lightly built, but deceptively strong. He had a pale face with large dark eyes and a wide mouth and a quick smile. Despite Ooh. a slight stutter, his wit made him popular in the taverns of Drury Lane. Hannah George would go straight up to this motherfucker. <laughs> please. Oh, yes, 100%. please. Oh. Small people are surprisingly strong because we've got a low centre of gravity. Oh. People forget that. We're nearer to the ground so we can angle ourselves. I used to unload beer lorries, mate. Did you? Oh, yeah. nice. I did, yeah. I used oh. to work at the booze section in Sainsbury's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> unload nice. the beer lorries effortless because I was near wow. the ground. This is good. If you're tall, you're far away from the ground. You've got no torque. Absolutely, I'm tall and like I can barely lift up a mug of tea without Sit. toppling over. You're too far away from the ground, Hannah. It's a stoop. <laughs> stoop. So, Hannah likes this guy. Anyone else turned mm-hmm. on? Uh, he's about Pale my height, face, so yeah, all right, dark fine. Eyes. Mm. <laughs> Quick smile. Sounds like a potato with raisins in it. No. <laughs> Do you know what? The fact that he can he stutters and he has quick wit makes me think he's the perfect like togetherness of Will Young and Gareth Gates, both of whom oh. I would have bought. Quick have wit 100%. and a stutter would be sort of an average, wouldn't it? It'd be normal. Perfect. Yeah. It would work like out quite man. well. It would okay. work out exactly right. All right, good. I'm just glad that we've objectified someone. Um, we need to know. What, what is Bums is, like? Is he curvy? He's nice. That's what we all get called, he, curvy. Yeah, we do. He's wiry, I think. But we've all got wide ons and that's great. 
<laughs> so um, now, honest Jack served these, served these five unblemished years of his apprenticeship, but then he began to be led into crime. Now, what happens is there's a button maker on the street in Drury Lane, and he runs a tavern. Um, it's always a fucking button so maker. So the button maker. <laughs> they live near the Muffin Man. It's crazy. Those button um, people. And he, Nothing he but ran thieves. A... <laughs> Don't trust the button. They're man. round buttons with their owls. They think they're it just because they got buttons. Um, so he ran this tavern called the Black Lion and he encouraged apprentices to frequent this tavern. And so Jack eventually does. So this is kind of a very House of the Rising Sun in New Orleans kind of story. Jack gets corrupted um, because criminals go to the Black Lion, gangs, sex workers, um, and mm. now innocent little Jack goes in there and it blows his mind and probably his penis. Um, you know what, this sounds a little bit like when I first went to Chaos, which was the, uh, <laughs> the nightclub of my university. <laughs> Little Hannah George, fresh off the boat from the Isle of Wight. <laughs> she'd never, she'd never seen sticky floors like it. Did they what, have you neon, got... neon glasses that lit up under the neon lights? Uh, what with, with a ninety p uh, vodka yes. lemonade? Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. Oh, yes, please. We stole them and took them back to the dorms. Oh my god. Oh, my god. <laughs> so I totally, still, utterly with Jack right now. Yeah, um, he's seeing something new. Plus, he's being screwed to the power of 10 by this yeah. rubbish apprenticeship. So yeah. fuck everyone. Just do what you want. Do what you want. What's, what else is going to happen? Mm. I'm um, kind of turned on by the button guy. <laughs> Still distracted. Yep. <laughs> do you know what? You had told me, like when we met your husband for the first time, if you just said he makes buttons, I'd have gone, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. He's like just a really great guy. Fucking would make buttons. buttons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did have that big wheelbarrow of buttons with him. Can I, I just very, say? I had a bottle of I, wine. Yeah. Well, yeah, same here. I have half a bottle of Bailey's. Can I just say, my cousin <laughs> makes buttons. So you know, I found that what? out today. I found that out today, and she makes them with um, shaved um, crayons because they apparently make them iridescent. So. Oh wow. Just saying that, because my mum told me that on the way to Dunelm at lunchtime to find a, a doormat, because my doormat got filled with maggots by a fucking fly in the heatwave who decided to lay their larvae in my doormat. Oh, my God. So much this... to this story. Oh, my God. I'm surprising myself. Wow. The podcast gets sexier and sexier. Tell so us more much about the maggots. Stuff. <laughs> the maggots were barely visible, but then I noticed that there was stuff moving in my doormat. Oh. So I thought, I better throw that out. I'm not salvaging that shit. So I then went to Dunelm. Not, sorry, no product placement. There are other places with doormats available. There's going to be a rush on them now. <laughs> oh, now everyone's fucking going to Donelm to get a doormat like me, aren't they? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my mum went with me and she went, oh, did you know your cousin Louise makes buttons? <laughs> and that's brought me back to this story. Oh so let's uh, bring back to the story here and link back in and let Katie carry on. Sorry about that. <laughs> you had to explain like I'm not going to hold on to this like that there was a moment of like I guess I can clean the maggots out of my doormat it's still good but it's solid it's solid <laughs> I'll never tweezers. forget just tweeze yeah. them out and I got a really nice replacement oh <laughs> I bought the originals when I had no money, so they were fucking nothing. One pound ninety nine from the you know local shop. I've bought ones that are twelve pounds. Oh, wow. oh. The, 
those yeah, are the they non-slip claimed... mats, aren't they? Yes, oh. they're non-slip. They're non-slip oh. for starters, but that's just the beginning. They're, if you <laughs> wipe your feet on them, they absorb the moisture <gasps> and they scrape the dirt and then, you know, much wow. better than the other ones. Yeah, they just had the dirt atop it. They absorb it. Wow. Absorb. Well, fuck you know the other ones. How much we have here? We have a little square of AstroTurf that Toby found. He found it outside someone else's house. He said it was like they were throwing it out. And I was like, sure it wasn't there. You see, I've opened up a topic here. Can we just get on to this? Can we just, who's got a doormat and what's it made of? Come on. Oh my God, this is great. Like, well, it was outside their house. Like, like every doormat. The listener can relate. We can all talk Their about it. Their car was parked right. right on the street like they didn't even want it. <laughs> what was the question? Back the to question? Jack Sparrow. <laughs> so Let's do it. He's just discovered the clubs. He's gone into the taverns and started to get yes. corrupted by all the temptations within. Well, of course. Crime and sex. Now, I want to read you my favourite ever source quote. Um... Shepard no. threw himself into a hedonistic whirl of drinking and whoring. Inevitably, his carpentry suffered. Oh, well, it would. It would. Shut it would. up. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that saw that he had, and he made that nice spice rack. That's yeah. history. That's it's suffered. Um, and he started to become disobedient <laughs> to his master. Oh, it's I hate that. The, it's always the carpentry that suffers with these things. You never hear about that. My carpentry's um, gone to hell since like, lockdown. <laughs> since this bottle of Baileys. <laughs> I feel hell, man. really worried about Christina. Like, Christina never drinks. I don't, and you can tell, can't you? <laughs> does it translate? I hope it does, because I'm trying to be on your brand. Even if it means I'm going to have a horrible morning. Oh, no, don't have a horrible... Okay. No, 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 We've been talking about buttons now for 45 minutes. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, 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 you haven't, Christine. Anyway, I'm going to... No, 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 I know I haven't. I'm still (laughs) conscious enough. But I'm playing long. I was gaslighting you, Christine. (laughs) Oh, my God, don't do that. Okay. Sorry, sorry, shh. Everybody, (laughs) shh. Shh. Everybody. This, I'm going to give you a really quick overview of the criminals in this tavern. Do it. We've got Joseph Blueskin Blake, and that's Shepard's future. Yes, good. Uh, Well, actually, he's a baddie. But anyway, he's his future partner in crime. He's a self-proclaimed thief-taker general. We've also got Jonathan Wilde. He's secretly the linchpin of a criminal criminal empire across London. Secretly, with a name like Wilde. I know. (laughs) He's going to be the enemy. And honestly, um, we don't have time to get into the gang warfare and who tattled on who. So our mate, Honest Jack, he gets sucked into a life of crime. He has his head turned by one sex worker in particular, and her name is Elizabeth Lyon, and she's a prostitute known as Edgeworth Bess. And she's known as that because she was born in Middlesex. And I just want to take a moment to say that I love that Middlesex is exotically far enough away from Drury Lane <laughs> to be a nickname in the 1700s. But it so, took so long to get there in that time. It took so yeah, long. So she's Edgeworth yeah. Bess because she's exotic. So, and is this our Bess from the beginning of the story? No, those are two different. <gasps> no, attitudes. everyone was called Bess then. And, it was well, just no, nothing. they are Polly and somebody else. But anyway. So I'm many Besses, so little time. I'm going to quickly try and whiz through the EastEnders drama of this and then get back to who they were. So he took to crime to augment his legitimate wages, like 
like they all did. Uh, his first recorded theft was in 1723. He did petty shoplifting, the spoons, blah, 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 Charing Cross. <laughs> so he spoons. didn't get caught for this one. And then he moved on to larger crimes, stealing goods from the houses where he was working. And then he quit the employ of his master, but without finishing the apprenticeship. But he did continue to work as a journeyman carpenter, kind of freelance. So he was not suspected of any crimes and was very successful, um, progressed to burglary in Jonathan Wilde's gang. He moved to Fulham and then he lived as husband and wife with Edgeworth Bess, even though they weren't really married. And then drama. Bess gets arrested. I don't actually know what for, but Jack busts into prison to sneak her out. Um, And it's because... So she's in St Giles' Roundhouse and the beadle won't let him visit. That's like the prison guard. Jeremy Beadle is a prison guard. I like... That guy is just, like, (laughs) been around forever. Um, But he won't let him visit because they're not really married. So, question, does he successfully bust Bess out of prison? Yes, a thousand times, yes. Yes, Yes, he does. She dresses like a man and then talks loudly like a man on the way out. Yeah, no, he's... I'm not flirting. He brings out a saw. I like cars. A saw and a suit. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it, that's that'd be so. I've got to get out of here. Get some stuff on my parcel shelf. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a bit romantic, a bit of a Bonnie and Clyde vibe, and Aww. then it's like a Bonnie and Clyde vibe, and then in the second, Clyde's brother turns up. So Jack's brother turns up. He's called Tom, and he commits a burglary. They do this burglary together, but Jack gets arrested this time, and it's partly because someone tattles on him. And the person that tattles on him is known to him. So question. <gasps> Not the button Dave, man. Dave, 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 Dave. So Christina Dave. says Dave. Taylor says button man. The button Dave. man. Hannah, who do you think tattles? Oh, and dumps it's Jack not, it's, in to the cops. It's not Johnny Wilde, is it? No, but hold that thought because things do turn in that direction as well. It's actually the brother. Oh, yeah, so Tom. Brother, yeah, Tom turns up. They do crimes. He's, like, got a bit of carpentry under his belt as well. But basically, he'd already been... Tom had already been convicted for a crime, so he'd been branded with the crime thing on his hand. You know, they burnt it into your hand <gasps> so that if you got caught I didn't again, know that. Um, oh. That you'd be hung the second time. So you kind of go, oh, first offence, we're just going to brand you like you're a cow. Second offence, we hang so you. soft. We can, <laughs> we can see that you've done this before kind of thing. Wow. Um, so he was afraid that he'd be hanged, so he turned in his brother, Jack. So thanks was... for showing up and doing crime with me, bro. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. like who, you can't choose your family, can you? Oh, boy. Um, so um, then a warrant is issued for Jack's arrest, and then there is more drama. So basically, Jack's notoriety is rising, and then we get back to Hannah's point where the gangs start turning him in because now there's a price on his head. Um, um, he's been running stolen goods through the gangs, but now they want the money for this thing. So Jonathan Wilde tries to set him up and he gets this other guy to have a game of Skittles with him in a pub and then they betray him to this constable. So they betray him for £40, which is the usual reward. You like, get that money if it leads to the legitimate <laughs> uh, conviction of a felon. And that would be like nearly £9,000 today. I was say, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That is, but I considering guess... there were so many criminals back in the day, you surely can't give forty quid for every single. No, it would criminal. have to. It would have to result in a conviction, and also, I guess, no one liked the cops. I don't even know if they were cops at this point either. 
Um, no, isn't there something about the oldest police force was the post office people because they oh. used to deal with highwaymen? Because yes. I was listening to that post office documentary about all the oh. postmasters that got done for stealing when they didn't because it was the IT system. And then it turned out that the post office investigation system predated the Met and they were the oldest like police uh, system in the world for oh. investigating crime. Oh, um, obviously, yeah, yes. But obviously, they didn't do very well with the post office modern uh, theft thing because it wasn't theft, and they were like uh, arresting people for nothing and then ruining their lives. <laughs> oh. yeah, which isn't very good. No. <laughs> also, I mean, just they... picture the last postal worker you dealt with dealing with crime. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny holding a gun, <laughs> yeah. cocking a gun at you and going, "You want to say that again, punk?" <laughs> Okay, so Shepard is imprisoned overnight um, in the St. Giles Roundhouse again, pending further questioning, but he escaped within three hours. This is his first prison break. He does this one all by himself. You want to guess how he escaped or shall we crack on? Butter. With a dress and a saw. <laughs> and butter. And butter. So he basically, he breaks through the timber ceiling and lowers himself to the ground with a rope fashioned from bedclothes. Still wearing his irons, he coolly joined the crowd that had been attracted from the sounds of the breaking out. He distracted their attention by pointing to the shadows on the roof and shouting that he could see the escapee and then he departed. Oh, wow. Brilliant. It's tying bedclothes together like in a cartoon again. He's so cartoonish, this guy. Also, oh. Jack Shepard is the name of the lead character in Lost. Just in case anyone is thinking. Yes. Like yeah, because when so. you said Jack Shepard, this whole time I've been thinking about him as like a total. That's <laughs> why we've all been so turned on. <laughs> yes. That explains the He's not on. stumpy. <laughs> oh, I love that he joined the crowd and shouted. That's great. He did yeah. a he who smelt it, dealt it with an escape. <laughs> he did. So he gets arrested again because he was pickpocketing. And then Bess visits him, like, which sounds great. But then she was recognised as his wife and then she's locked in a cell with him. And then Ooh. they were both sent to prison in Clerkenwell, but they escaped from their cell within a matter of days. Question, how did they escape this time? What is wrong with prison fucking security in this time? Good. Probably just like a puppet show or something. Yeah. Like, like looking at something and going, look over there. Look What's that? Oh, oh, is that a noise? Oh, better go and investigate. But also, I mean, so they're together? They're together. I don't know if they've got mixed prisons or what the hell's going on. Um, maybe they were just having like they, maybe they staged a huge argument because if an, if a couple are having an argument, you do not get involved. Yeah. You Don't, do not yeah. say anything. Just back off. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. Away. If they're arguing and she is like, let us out, let us out right now, let us out, let us out of this thing. <laughs> you know, if she is going off on one, then I think anybody, any um, any jailer in their right mind would just be like, let her out. So Shepard and Lyon, they filed through their manacles. They removed, they've always got weapons, these guys. They removed a bar from the window and they used their knotted bedclothes to descend to the ground level. Finding themselves in the yard of the neighbouring Bridewell, they clambered over the 22-foot-high, 6.7-metre prison gate to freedom. This feat was widely publicised, not least because Shepard was only a small man and Lyon was a large, buxom woman. So this mm -hmm. is when he basically reaches the hero status with all the fame stuff. And then... I love the fact that, like, but if you're climbing over a wall using bedclothes, it kind of doesn't matter if you're five foot four yeah. or not. Like, you just climb up the bedclothes, right? Like <laughs> More drama happens. The gangs want their cut. They want to be able to control Jack Shepard. So they turn Bess against him um, and they ply her with drinks in a brandy shop near Temple Bar and she betrays Jack 
Um, oh, she got drunk. So Shepard, I know, he's arrested for a drink. time. Yeah. And Ew. he's sentenced to death. Christina, and it was a cold drink. Just picture Or was it that. a salted caramel drink? Because I would change my mind about her for that. And um, so they got a hammered. It's a hard life everyone's living. So they. this is where we meet him at the beginning. Um, and he escapes with his other two sex worker friends in 18th century women's clothes. So you guys thought he escaped. I think you said he did. And he did. Um, so he escaped he, with a new Bess. He got a replacement Bess. Yeah, well, he's got loads of hooker friends. And, like, so he's got these two. They help him out. And, obviously, Bess is no longer his wife or whatever. So he gets a boat up the Thames. He's out of there. Um, but by this point, the people absolutely love him. He's this cockney, you know, he's non-violent. He's witty. He's this escape artist. He's mega famous. He's like, oi, oi, be lucky. He's like... Danny Dyer, like, um, hey, it's like, slags. he's like, yeah, he's like Danny Dyer after he did Who Do You Think You Are? Um, Brilliant. I love that as the bar for like a sexy man, too. Like, he's non violent. Oh, he's non violent. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine we just let that. the homophobia slide now because he did this great TV show. So he comes back to London, he gets arrested again, he escapes again. I won't go into too much detail, but they up what they're trying to do to keep him handcuffed, um, and none of it works. And then he escapes again, and then... Oh, I don't they need wanna... to keep a better eye on him, seriously. Basically, he gets super famous, everybody loves him, he escapes shitloads, he's always got, like, irons and stuff, at one point, he gets arrested, and then they've got, like, famous people coming to visit him in prison. Um, like, Ooh. rich people are coming to visit him. He's this absolute legend they want to talk to. And he's witty. He's funny. He says, let me see if I can find... He does this quote where he says, one file's worth all the Bibles in the world. Because he's always got quotes to escape. And then eventually even though he's famous and everyone loves him, it all catches up with him and he's sentenced to death and they've put him in the worst cell. He can't escape this time. He's escaped loads of times and then they... So they've finally got wise to this. They've, like, finally properly, <laughs> like, out, someone guys. caught him trying to escape and they've Jack, loads... this one's got four walls. Yeah, 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 man, yeah. We put bars on this one. Um, <laughs> so they, he's got this death sentence. He's going to be hung. And they even say to him, you can, if you, you know give up who the other gang people are, you know, will let you out and he won't give them up. So he finally is going to be hung. There's this big procession. 200,000 people uh, turned up to not to gloat to watch him be hung. They're not the jeering people. They're they're hoping that their hero is going to escape at the last minute. Um, But he does not. And um, he's really not a heavy guy, so it takes him ages to be hung. Oh, this isn't horrible. the best news to receive while I'm drunk on Bailey's. <laughs> um, and then basically his friends, because he was like basically just suffocating for 15... They, they, the oh. rule was 15 minutes, cut them down, blah, blah, blah. But obviously yeah. he wasn't dead, probably wasn't dead oh, because he was Jack. so light. So his friends really wanted to kind of take him off and resuscitate him. But the crowd surged forward, so they didn't. So basically the crowd kind of mauled him because they wanted a keepsake. It's very grim. Isn't it awful that I'm, all I'm thinking is like, oh, I'd love to be that thin. <laughs> <laughs> what a great 
thing to be. Too oh thin God, to hang. <laughs> gallows diet. Just me try and hang me, darling. <laughs> Fuck you, I can't. I'm too slim. <laughs> Ow. No. You're just going to get really good at carpentry. That's how the Tory should do for this whole thing about trying to make everyone lose weight. Is It's, like it's only a matter of time before they bring back fucking yeah, capital oh punishment. God. So, yeah, it would just be like, be too thin to hang. Yeah. <laughs> Wait and see what we're going to do next. Seriously, it's a perk. You'll love it. They let, him, they let him drink a pint of sherry before they hung him. But anyway, there was a book about him. So let's raise a glass to Jack Shepard, I guess. Yay. Cheers, Jack Shepard! I like, I like this guy. I don't think he did anything that wrong. No. Yeah. He did it. the cards were against him. Stealing some fucking spoons. Come on. No. It's absolutely crazy. The... I could have done that today at Dunelm with no consequences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Okay, so I'm going to do the listener crime. This was in a review on Apple Podcast by Lily Loves Biscuits. That's um, a lovely surname. I know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really traditional English name. Yeah, is it? <laughs> I'm going to change my name to that. Aristocracy. <laughs> and she says, Dear drunk women, my sister and I have recently come back to my parents' house for lockdown. I have been working from home and my sister has been writing her thesis. As thesis writing can be an exhausting and stressful time, I was tasked with the essential job of popping to the shops to buy biscuits. I carefully selected some fancy French chocolate variety that I know to oh, be she, her favourite. She loves biscuits, so yeah, she's the right person to I say. mean, we got, that's good <laughs> yeah. thing to keep keeping in mind. So getting home, she delightfully thanked me for an excellent choice of biscuit. Two days later, she went to the cupboard and shrieked that all the biscuits are gone. She claims to have only had two biscuits. I know I had a couple of biscuits the day before. Dad watches what he eats and says there is no way he would ever touch the biscuits. Guilty. Right. This is what we need to discuss in a sec. (laughs) Mum was furious with me for eating them all. Please help me to solve this crime. I have no recollection of finishing the biscuits. Could lockdown have caused this lapse in memory? Or is another Uh. family member hiding something? Okay, so mum accused her, so mum is the, the, the actual criminal. You think whoever smelt it dealt it. Exactly. You are going in too hard. You are the person who did it. You're trying to deflect. Yes. You're trying to deny. You're trying to obfuscate. Obs- How do you say obfuscate? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Like, don't yeah. ask Taylor. She doesn't even know Deflecting. How You're deflecting. Yeah. That's and projecting. I say obfuscate. <laughs> yes, say it like I, that. I'm thinking along. I'm, I'm going to stick with the the dad is definitely guilty. Okay. But I think the mum's role in this is very interesting because it feels like she's sort of biscuit shaming. Yes. A little Ooh. bit like, you greedy, why did you eat all the biscuits, right? Like, why mm. is she so angry at any of them? Which suggests that this is the reason why dad's like, I watch what I eat. I don't eat too many biscuits. I don't. And he totally yeah. went and housed all and of those beautiful well, biscuits. What are biscuits for if not for eating? So yeah. what's the crime? Where's the crime? There's no crime. Exactly. Yeah. It's just what biscuits are for. Yeah, and like they bought them from the local shops, they can get some more. Go back, get to the more local biscuits, shop and get more biscuits. Yeah, and then also keep she's... a fucking eye on them. <laughs> if they're like a fancy biscuit as well, she says they're a fancy French biscuit. And I don't know about you, whenever I've had a fancy food, it's always been about sort of like a tenth of what I could actually eat. Right. And I think that maybe there were only maybe six biscuits in the pack because yeah. they were so fancy. There's never enough fancy food. That's why I like cheap food, Pilot High. I've got to say, the fact that her name on this review is Lily Loves Biscuits is not working <laughs> in her favour, but 
you know, why would she admit that? You know, unless that's a double that's bluff. true. Yeah, she could be double bluffing you or she could be totally honest. And but remember... She wouldn't steal them. Yeah. We, we got a really nice review much. from Mikey Loves Murder and he talked about how his whole family was dead and he didn't know who had done it. And we still don't know. So. <laughs> don't want to pass judgment on people. No. Cancel no. people and they shouldn't be cancelled. No. They probably all took one. It's like the, the, what's it one, where they all stab somebody on the train? I think everyone has taken one and then now they're all looking at each other with suspicion, but actually they'll realise soon that they yes. just had one and it was perfectly yeah. above murder on the orient express yeah, it's the biscuit it murder on the orient express <laughs> nice there we go sorted yeah just go and buy some more biscuits are like fun. yeah they're, they're everywhere biscuits are literally everywhere trust me yeah they can get, more <laughs> get loads. there's access to biscuits available at all times so are we so who are, we're solving this crime by saying the dad did it the mum did it Par- and they all the did parents it. parents did it and maybe a little it. bit of them oh. as well in 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 the mix but lily is innocent is anyone innocent in in this world i mean <laughs> i feel like yeah i think about it yeah <laughs> it's that too feels... deep it's too deep but i think i think the parents are a bit too uh, edgy they, so they did the edgy. most of it. They did maybe two biscuits each to other one. Everyone else's one biscuit each. Yeah, they've doubled yeah. them. And also, yeah, yeah. I feel like Lily gave us five stars, so she's probably innocent. Leave her alone. Yeah. yeah oh, Lily sounds great, actually. <laughs> she loves them. She wouldn't abuse them so. Yeah. 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 I like this theory that everyone had one biscuit because that's basically just a family eating a packet of biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's a crime. <laughs> what the fuck? What <laughs> have we become? Just in future, <laughs> can I just say, in future, buy two packets of biscuits and then yeah. Yeah. you're set. Get a cartel membership. Yeah, there's always self. one packet of something behind something. So like the oh, ketchup, yes. there's always a ketchup behind the ketchup on the go. Oh, I love your house. You've got to Can be we all move in? Yeah, yeah please do. That's and bring smart. extra, because obviously we need three now. Then we we'll need, need one more, yeah. One. Yeah, we need more. But, but that's the principle. You know what, as well, I just feel like her mum being really cross about those biscuits, it wasn't yeah. about the biscuits. There's something else going like, on. Like, the mum's upset about lockdown. About yeah, can we talk about what's really going on here? Let's fuck the biscuits. Something's going yeah. on here. That's we just need to address it an before outlet. it gets out of hand. I feel like we've helped. <laughs> I, think I feel we like have. we've made it worse. I feel like we've made them realise there's something worse going on here than biscuits. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've exonerated Lily and yes. the world needs biscuits. Yeah, just, just get more biscuits. Just have loads of biscuits. And maybe a Swiss roll. <laughs> Mix it oh, up. Beautiful words to end on. Yeah. 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 Get a Swiss yeah. roll. Let's finish it then. Let's not ruin it anymore. Okay. We have just enough time to ask Christina Martin, what are you up to? <laughs> Is there anything you would like to plug? I can't plug anything because all everything I'm doing is secret because oh. I write everything under a different name. Oh. oh, it's almost like a crime, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I can't say what I do, but I do stuff. I, I really do, honestly. And uh, the only things I do in my own name is write biz letters, but that's just a sort of fun thing. And then the rest of the time I write stuff, but not as me. Okay. Well, right. well. So, do you want to drop a clue for our clue savvy listeners, and then see if they can work out the if other person that you are? In, 
if they want to look into it, it's all about dead people and funerals. <laughs> oh, okay. Very on brand. Ooh. Yeah, it's very on brand. It's very. Although there isn't a crime. Well, there might be a crime in a few of my cases, but there's not in, in most of them. They're just normal people. Okay. Normally, without any suspicion. All right. Cool. <laughs> we will maybe drop more clues in the future. One day, maybe. You never know. Well, thank you somewhere. so much, Christina Martin. <laughs> Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! 